Good morning, friends, and welcome to worship as beloved people of God on this, the third Sunday after the Epiphany. Today we hear Jesus' call. It is a call to discipleship. Follow me. That is the call Jesus gives to each of us, leaving behind everything old in order to take up a new way of life. We ask ourselves today, how is Jesus calling me? I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm, and we welcome all to worship today. We welcome those who join us, those who are here at United for our drive-in service, our radio broadcast, as well as all who worship with us by Facebook Live, by phone-in, or by streaming. Just a reminder about our annual meeting here at United Lutheran Church Next Sunday, January 31st at 10.30 a.m., our annual meeting will be held in our parking lot here at the church, a drive-in meeting, 10.30, following our 10 o'clock drive-in service. As you know, our annual meeting is required by our United Lutheran Church Constitution. It is required in order to do the business of our congregation. Because of the pandemic, and in the interest of protecting the health of our community, this year's annual meeting will be the, a drive-in meeting, which means you will not have to leave your car. President Taylor Beaver will lead the meeting using our radio broadcast station, FM 103.3. Council members will be bringing reports, the budget, and ballots to your car, but we do need to remind you that we need the help of all of our members to achieve a quorum of 54 members in order to do the necessary business of our congregation. So we ask your help for that. Please mark your calendar for next Sunday, 10.30 a.m. on January 31st. Also, please encourage other members of United Lutheran Church to attend. This pandemic time has been difficult time and has presented us with many challenges. We know our annual meeting this year will require some extra effort from all of us. I want to thank you in advance for your help with the annual meeting next Sunday. Please know annual giving statements are now available and please contact Secretary Karen Call if you would like to have a copy of your 2020 giving statement mailed to you. We add to our prayer concerns today Dale Buck, who will be having surgery later this week. In our gospel reading today, before Jesus calls his first disciples, he proclaims a message that becomes known as the gospel, the good news. God has come in Jesus to free us with his kingdom of grace, mercy, and love. This kingdom, the dominion of God, the reign of God, is near us today because the Holy Spirit is moving among us through the word, and so Christ is near to us. And we too are called, and the world becomes different for us. We become engaged not in the values of the world, but in the values of the mercy of God, 
turning to the needs of our neighbor in the world and seeking what is best for our neighbor. So let us prepare our hearts now for worship, centering our hearts in God. And I invite you to join now in confessing your sin and hearing the promise of God's forgiveness following the invocation. We gather in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the Amen. Our psalm for today from Psalm 65. For God alone I wait in silence. Truly, my hope is in God. God alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold, so that I will never be shaken. In God is my deliverance and my honor. God is my strong rock and my refuge. Put your trust in God always, O people. Pour out your hearts before the one who is our refuge. Put no trust in extortion, in robbery, take no empty pride. Though wealth increase, set not your heart upon it. God has spoken once, twice have I heard it. Power belongs to God. Steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord, for you repay all according to their deeds. Let us pray. Almighty God, by grace alone you call us and accept us in your service. Strengthen us by your spirit and make us worthy of your call. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading today from Jonah, the third chapter. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying, Get up. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Here ends the reading. Our second reading from 1 Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short. From now on, let even those who have wives be as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. 
and those who buy as though they had no possessions, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. Here ends the reading. Our gospel today from Mark, the first chapter. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Tom Long tells of a childhood experience, may sound familiar to you too. When I was a boy, he said, and I did something I shouldn't have done, something that displeased my parents, my mother would often use a certain phrase. She would look at me in the eye and say, son, that was uncalled for. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Uncalled for. As if there's someone out there calling for you and me. As if to be good is not something that wells up automatically inside of you or me, but has to be summoned and called for from the outside. As if the person you ought to be needs to be called for from the outside. Now, I can remember myself, my own parents, putting it a little differently when they were disappointed with me, when I did something wrong that was especially bothersome or inappropriate. Actually, it came in the form of a question. Was that called for? In that question, was a questioning of the voice that I was following. What voice was I listening to? Whose voice called forth that kind of behavior? The way God has created us as spiritual beings, we all have a yearning to be called for. And we are all responding to a summons from one direction or another, from one voice or another, all the time. What voices are calling you at this time? It's a question we can all ask ourselves, each one of us. What voices are calling me today? In the Gospel of Mark that we have just heard, we hear about two brothers, Peter and Andrew. They were fishermen. And one day they were casting their nets and Jesus walked by on the shoreline and Jesus saw them out there in the boat and called them and said, follow me. I will make you fish for people. 
And immediately they got out of the boat, left their nets, they followed Jesus. Peter and Andrew were called for. Then Jesus went down the shoreline a little bit further and saw two other brothers, James and John. They were in their boat mending their nets. He said to them the same thing, follow me. And immediately, no questions asked, they got out of the boat and followed him. James and John were called for. The immediate unquestioning response of Peter and Andrew, James and John, shows that their lives were taken up. They were called forth in a new direction to a new life. Their lives had a new center, a new life-changing center. Now, Jesus is not present with us in the same way as he was with Peter and Andrew, James and John, walking up to us in the middle of the day as we are going about our business, our activities. So where is it that we get to hear his call? How do I know when I'm being called? How do you know how to recognize Jesus calling you? Recently I read a book by Parker Palmer, Let Your Life Speak. And in the third chapter he describes his own wrestling spiritually as he tried to listen to God's voice. Parker Palmer had some friends from the Quaker tradition of Christian spirituality, and they counseled him to have faith and the way will open. But he thought to himself, I have faith. What I don't have is time to wait for the way to open. Now, after a few months of deepening frustration of waiting, he took his troubles to an older Quaker woman. Rachel, he said, people keep telling me that the way will open. Well, I sit in silence, I pray, I listen for my calling, but the way is not opening. I'm not hearing. Rachel's reply was in a model of Quaker plain speaking. She said, in 60 plus years of living, the way has never opened in front of me. And then there was a pause, and then she said with a grin, but a lot of the way has closed behind me, and that's had the same guiding effect. When Jesus calls the disciples, there is a closing that takes place. They left their nets. The use of the nets for fish, fishing, just for fish, could not fulfill their lives totally anymore. Not that they wouldn't fish anymore, but they had a different direction now, a new direction, a new way, a new calling. Something of their past life, the way they had fished, closed behind them. Their calling now to follow Jesus involved people. It involved relationships. Have you sensed any ways closing behind you, having the effect of summoning you to a new way? The Spirit speaks to us, I think, in that way. 
few years ago, I had the privilege of hearing Vernon Jordan speak. Vernon Jordan is African-American lawyer, business executive, former president of the National Urban League, also a former presidential political advisor. He told a story of summons and transformation in one man's life. It's a story he will never forget, and I can't forget it either, the way he told it. He said, in May 1980, I was shot in the back with a 30-06 at my hotel in Fort Wayne, Indiana. After a long surgery, I came out of the operating room at the hospital in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And one of the many telegrams I received came from Montgomery, Alabama. The telegram read, I was shocked and saddened to learn of your injury. I am praying for your complete recovery. I'm thankful your life was spared. That telegram was signed, George C. Wallace, governor of Alabama. Vernon Jordan said he had fought Governor Wallace over so many issues, and especially what he stood for from the day he defied the law and morality, trying to deny black people their rights under the Constitution. Governor Wallace had proclaimed his conviction and used his position to promote segregation today, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever. A year later, after his hospitalization and receiving that telegram, Vernon Jordan was in Montgomery, Alabama, to give a speech. And Governor George Wallace was there, too. Governor Wallace, who was now confined to a wheelchair, had some state troopers wheel him up onto the stage following Vernon Jordan's speech. And they rolled him toward me, Vernon said. And we shook hands. And Governor Wallace asked me, you got my telegram? Yes, Governor, your telegram was the first one I got. It was the first one that got to me at Fort Wayne. Then Governor Wallace said, Vernon, I want you to do something for me. What is it, Governor? I would like you to reach down and hug me. And Vernon did. Thinking at that moment, what a change. What a transformation. This man who he considered to be the villain of Selma, a mean old racist who once stood on the schoolhouse steps right at the front door to keep black children out. Now he could no longer stand at all. And yet he wished he could but not to set himself defiantly above, but to embrace Vernon Jordan as a brother. 
to leave their fishing nets and follow Jesus to fish for people was to leave behind a way of seeing people and living with people in order to see people and live with people the way Jesus sees people and lives with people. Acting toward people as Jesus acted toward them with love. Fishermen in Jesus' day were a salty, solitary lot, often isolated by the nature of their fishing business, fishing at night in a boat. And so now they would learn the way of love in their relationships with all people. This is the dominion of God. It is the kingdom of God, the reign of God in our lives. Love for the enemy, love for those who wrong me. Paul describes it this way in his letter to the Ephesians, leaving behind all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander with all malice, leaving behind insults and hateful actions in order to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. When Jesus calls and says, follow me, it is a call to discipleship, a leaving behind everything old, take, taking up a whole new way. How is Jesus calling you? How is Jesus calling us? Follow me, Jesus calls. I will make you fish for people. May God grant us the grace to hear and respond when we are called. Amen. And now we confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On a third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray now for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. Lord Jesus, we hear you call us today. We confess that we often would rather follow the ways of the world, ways that are easier, sometimes more attractive. And so you challenge us today to leave behind old grudges, to forgive, to show undeserved love to someone who has hurt us. So strengthen us by your Spirit to do just that to live in the way of love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the unity of our nation, for all of our elected leaders. Strengthen them to pursue policies 
that are rooted in justice and compassion for people and guide all who are in perficial love for us all, giving yourself in death on the cross and resurrection from the grave that we might have eternal life. May our gratitude show in our generosity, in our service, in the lives of others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for relief for the poor, the hungry, the homeless, the jobless, for all in our community who need our care, for those who are hurting, provide opportunities for relief and use our hands to serve them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come to our aid, O God, as COVID-19 continues to spread. Heal those who are sick. Protect families and friends from being infected. Support healthcare workers. Give continuing success to the development of vaccines and their distribution. We pray for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit this day, especially Colleen, Dale, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Perry, Sally, Bud, Gary, Adele, John, and others we name before you. Grant them your healing grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we remember all who grieve the loss of loved ones today. Comfort them. Bring them hope in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you went ahead of us into the grave. You defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. As we remember those who have died, especially those most dear to us, inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. Of that day, we will be reunited with those who have gone before us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands now, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We worship God with our offering today, giving thanks for all of God's gifts in our lives. Thank you for your gifts, the gifts that you share for the work of God's kingdom through our congregation here at United Lutheran Church and in all the ways you are generous and share the gifts that God has given to you. God bless you in your stewardship with all of God's gifts. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with abundant gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in our offerings, given in thanksgiving to you, to serve you in this world as a sign of your merciful love and grace through the one who gave himself for us, 
Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.